This is Spin Control, a Fibercraft podcast by a joyful girl. Hello, listeners. Welcome to episode 4.5 of the Spin Control Podcast, the official Maryland Sheep and Wool update. This, of course, is your host, Shiloh, and I'm going to spend maybe the next 20 or 30 minutes talking about my weekend and all of my adventures hanging out in Maryland and what a treat that was for me. This, of course, is episode 4.5 because I did a little snippet about eight minutes from the event when we were in the hotel. It wasn't much. It was pretty much just a rambling about how excited I was to be there and that we made it safely. And this is where I'll get down and dirty and tell you all the details about what a blast I had. All right, let's get started. I figured the best way for me to do this would be to go chronologically so that I don't miss any of the important details and so that I can actually keep this under control and not just ramble on for hours and hours and hours about what a good time I had this weekend. My adventures, of course, started on Wednesday. Wednesday, I took the whole day off of work and scrambled to get the bags finished, and you heard all about that in the little partial episode. Got that done, headed out to Jackie's house, Jackie from Kipping It Real, of course, where I had a little slumber party for the evening because we had to get up at the crack of dawn so that we could get to the airport and get on our flight, which took off at 6 a.m. The flight was horribly delayed, leaving St. Louis on its way to Chicago, but we managed to get there in time. And in Chicago, we hooked up from It's Just Megan of Stitch a Podcast, who is fantastic, by the way. We pretty much ran through the airport. Okay, we pretty much walked really fast through the airport once we landed in Chicago to get to our connecting flight there we were supposed to have about a two-hour layover and ended up with just enough time to walk from one terminal to the next and literally met up with Megan in the line to board the aircraft our second flight took off with no issues and we ended up actually landing in Baltimore 20 minutes ahead of schedule, even though our original flight took off more than an hour late. Thursday seemed like it was going to be a really, really long day, but I actually prefer flying first thing or last thing in a day so that, you know, you have, you're not wasting your entire day in the airport and in transit. We landed about 1120 in the morning and were able to get our bags, take a cab to our hotel and relax. There are There were a little bit more adventures in getting into the hotel, but you can hear all about that on Jackie's wrap-up from the airport that we recorded. It's her latest episode of Keeping It Real. So Thursday really was just a day of getting familiar with our terrain, if you will. We hung out at the hotel. We found the nearest target so we could hook ourselves up with anything that we might need, you know, the things that we forgot. And we pretty much just hung out in the vicinity of the hotel. About 6.30, 6.45 at night, I think, it might have been as late as 7.30, the Knitmore girls showed up. And that was fantastic. We met them. We hung out. We had Chinese food. We pretty much enjoyed our night hanging out in the gazebo in the courtyard of our hotel. That was the perfect way to spend the day, I think. It was nice and relaxing. We didn't have any deadlines. We didn't have any place to be. We just chilled and relaxed and hung out and knit and gabbed and got to know each other a little better, which was fantastic because we were going to spend the next three days together. 
so Thursday was relatively uneventful and a total perfect transition from our reality to our fiber fantasies of the weekend. Friday morning started out really, really well. Nice and slow morning. We got to get ready at our own pace. And the only thing we had planned was to hang out in downtown Baltimore. Because, of course, the festival wasn't supposed to start until Saturday. I have spent a little bit of time in Baltimore in my past. I actually met my husband, what, almost 14 years ago when we lived in the area in the same community. We took a course together, and that's how we were introduced to one another. So it was really, really nice to get to hang out in my old stomping grounds and see the Baltimore area again after so much time had passed. We had all these big plans about the stuff we wanted to see. We actually had a full itinerary, which was put together by Jasmine of the Knitmore Girls. And our first stop was the Edgar Allan Poe Museum downtown, which turned out to be a complete bust because it wasn't open. All the information that we could find about it on like tourist websites said it was open every day from 8 a.m. to dusk, I think is what it said. But it turns out that it's only open on Saturdays. So we completely missed that, but all wasn't lost. We hopped back into our vehicle and set out to find a coffee shop. On our adventures, we started seeing like all these great little sculptures and stuff. Then we had no idea what the source was. And really, we were just kind of hanging out. Actually, we weren't looking for a coffee shop. I totally forgot. We were looking for the waterfront because we wanted to go check that out. And on our way, what we actually ended up seeing was the American Visionary Art Museum it's really, really cool. We didn't, we never actually made it into the museum. We were kind of engulfed with all the stuff that was going on outside the museum. They were getting ready for a race on Saturday. It's the Kinetic Sculpture Race. They hold it every year in Baltimore. I think this is like their 10th or 15th race. And it's a 15 mile race that covers land, water, sand trap, and mud, and an uphill climb. But it's really cool. Basically, local artists from the region built these fantastic vehicles that are just absolutely stunningly beautiful. And then they raced them through downtown Baltimore along the waterfront. It's fantastic. Um, the first sculpture we saw was Chessie, which is basically the Chesapeake Bay's equivalent to the Loch Ness Monster. It was really adorable, this bright reddish pink vehicle that was man-powered by bicycle wheels. The American Visionary Art Museum had basically, it was almost like a garage for the vehicles where they were starting to get things set up for the next day's race. We saw this gigantic pink poodle vehicle. It's almost too much to describe. It was just fascinating, all of the little cool vehicles that they had built to race just for this one-time event. It's really, really cool. We were also fascinated by just all of the stuff that's on the outside of the building. There's a giant sculpture of a hand on the back of the building, a building-sized sculpture of a bird that looks like a fiddle, um, a huge metal bird's nest hanging off the side of the building. The entire front of the building is covered in basically tiled glass and mirror, like reused glass, like glass bottles and mirror and ceramic plates. And the entire front of the building is tiled in that. It's really, really, really cool. I can probably upload some pictures of the building to my Flickr site and share that with you guys. And I mean, they went so far as they had like a full-size tree made completely out of tiled mirror in the front. It was really really interesting. A complete welcome surprise to our little Baltimore adventures. Once we left the museum, we headed out to the waterfront and that was simply beautiful. 
the sun was out but there was a nice little breeze coming in off the bay and we walked down the basically down the pathway along the side of the water and found a couple benches sat down hung out and knit for about an hour while we waited for our lunch date for lunch we went to a little place called the rusty scupper which is a great little seafood place right there on the waterfront and we just enjoyed company. We had about 10 people at our table, including a couple of Knitmore Girl listeners, Guido Stein from It's a Pearl Man, the Knitmore Girls, of course, Jackie from Kipping It Real, and Megan from Stitch It. The food was good, the service was great, and it was just an all-around relaxing lunch and thoroughly enjoyable way to end our time in downtown Baltimore. After hopping around Baltimore, we got a recommendation from the waitress for a coffee shop. We went, had some caffeine, got that into us, and sat down and knit there for about another hour and a half and really just relaxed and got to know each other a bit better. Really, though, I think I was one of the only people that didn't know the rest of the group except for Jackie. So that was cool that I got to spend some time chit-chatting with the other ladies and getting to know them. They were great and totally made me feel completely welcome in the group. And it really made for a fantastic Friday. After we sat and knit, we headed back to the hotel and tackled a little bit of work. Hung out with some other knitters who were arriving for the next day's festivities. And just chilled in the lobby of the hotel. Had some pizza and just enjoyed the rest of the night. I got the tank top finished that day. Ends trimmed off. Bas I did not block it. Basically what I did with the tank top was I tossed it in the dryer for about 15 minutes with a wet towel so I could get all the wrinkles out of it. That worked perfectly. Trimmed off all my ends. Then I folded it up and it was ready to wear the next day. While we were at the hotel that night, we assembled all the bags. It only took us about 15 minutes because we had this great little assembly line going, which was perfect. It worked out really nicely. We got all the fantastic contributions that Jackie's sponsors had sent to us. Packed into the bags, got them organized and loaded into the vehicle so they'd be ready to go the next day. And that pretty much sums up the Friday. Now, when we rolled into Saturday, Saturday was just as overwhelming as I expected it to be for me, a new festival goer, but not necessarily for all the reasons that I thought it would be. First, we got ready to go, head out of the hotel, and got on the road to hit the post office because one of the raffle prizes that podcasters were giving away hadn't shown up. It was expected to be delivered to the hotel like two days before, but it never made it. So we headed to the post office in an attempt to pick it up before we headed out so that we could give that away because the contributor had gone through all the trouble of sending it. But of course, as it goes, I guess it's not unusual to have disagreements with the post office. The package didn't show. So we lost a great deal of time getting to the festival, waiting to see if they could find the package. Once we were on the road and thoroughly caffeinated, we ended up basically getting stuck in traffic. Just trying to get into the festival, there were so many more people arriving when we were trying to arrive than we had expected that it really was crazy. It made us super duper nervous that we were going to miss the entire meet and greet event, but we made it fashionably late because as Jackie from Kidding It Real said, podcasters are jerks. We totally did not intend to be late. We just was completely beyond our control. Once we got parked and got in, we it was fascinating to find that we had probably a hundred and 25 people waiting to see the podcasters. And it was just fantastic to see all those people and meet them. And it was just fantastic to see all those people and to get to meet so many new people 
that are hanging out there in cyberspace listening to the podcasters. The podcasters decided to do a really cool meet and greet line where we got to shake hands and hugs and take pictures with all the listeners. And my post was basically the end of the line where I could act in my minion duties and help pass out the the goodie bags that we had put together. And of course, the weather, the beautiful weather that we had had the two days prior had disappeared. And the weather decided to jump up to about 89 degrees. And we were stuck in the sun for two and a half hours, just basically boiling. And I think with the humidity, it felt like it was about 95 degrees, barely any breeze. But I guess it was totally worth it. It was really fantastic to meet all those people, but it really just sucked the life out of us by the time it was over. I think all of the fans really kept us going, but by the time it was over with, it was really difficult to enjoy the rest of what was in store for us for the day. After the meet and greet, we decided that even though the life was sucked out of us, we'd go ahead and head on into the festival to see what was going on there. And that too was overwhelming for a new festival goer. I have a snapshot of all the folks that were just walking into the gate at the same time we were. There were just so many people, but I think it was really worth seeing. We walked through probably four of the barns. We couldn't make it into all of them. There were just so many people. But I accomplished a couple of the things that I wanted to get done that first day. Because I have a tendency to go a little overboard sometimes, I made myself a little list of the things that I wanted to snatch up while I was at Maryland Sheep and Wool. One was a Wooly Winder. I've wanted one for a long time for my Victoria, but was hesitant to purchase one without actually seeing it in action. So we're walking through the main exhibition hall, and just out of nowhere, there's the Wooly Winder booth. And it was like, ooh, Wooly Winder, I'll catch up with you guys. So I ducked into the booth, sat down at an electric spinning wheel they had set up with a Wooly Winder, and spun on that for a little bit. And it was totally cool. I really thought it was something that I wanted to add to my equipment collection. And I asked them what they had in stock because I don't like to make snap purchases. I would prefer to sleep on it overnight. And I have an Oak Victoria. And they actually had two Oak Victoria Wooly Winders and a plethora of bobbins in stock. So I sat there and debated for a while whether or not I thought that it would hold till tomorrow, you know, till Sunday and if I could pick it up the next day. And while I'm standing there, another woman walks up looking for the exact same thing. There's two Wooly Winders in our color in the box, and I just thought that that was just too close to cut it. So I snatched up the Wooly Winder that very first day and took it back to the hotel and packed it up and made sure it was all mine. The other item that I was really hoping to purchase while at the Maryland Sheep and Wool Festival was a full fleece. And of course, because I'm a new festival goer and a relatively new spinner, I've never even seen a fleece in person. And I felt completely, completely privileged to have the honor of walking through the fleece sale with Jasmine from the Knitmore Girls. Her expertise and little lesson that we got walking through there was fantastic. I would have been completely lost without it. There's no way I could have picked a good fleece on my own. We talked all about the color, the feel, the crimp, how clean they are, what they smell like, and you know what your desires are in terms of picking a fleece. And it was just a great little lesson that I wouldn't have gotten any other way. It was perfect. I picked a fleece that if I hadn't purchased, Jasmine would have taken home. So I feel like I really got a good one, and once that gets all processed and sent back to me, I will have that to review. It's going to be a while, but I think it's going to be well worth the wait. By the time we had walked through the main exhibition hall and everybody had purchased their fleeces, we were just completely worn out, 
we headed back to the hotel to nap, refresh, shower up, wash that day off of us, and get ready for the after party that Guido Stein had planned over at his hotel. The after party was fantastic. It was so good to hang out after dark in the cool air and really get some quality time to chat with other knitters and, you know, 150 other people that you know you have something in common with. That was great. I met a lot of great people. Guido throws a fantastic party. He had some great raffle items that he had given away. The service was really good, and we had a lot of fun. And that pretty much wraps up our Saturday. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Sunday actually ended up being a lot of things. It was the last day of the festival. It was also our travel day. So we had a lot of stuff to do and get accomplished and also had to do all the packing airport stuff to get all the way back home. Sunday when we headed out to the festival, it was a little cooler. There were a lot of clouds in the sky, which kind of kept the sun from beating directly on us for most of the time. And it was also a lot less packed. I would say that there were about a third the number of people there on Sunday as there were on Saturday. I think a lot of people came back. They just kind of cycled through at a different rate and probably didn't stay as long just as we did. That day, we really had the chance to walk through all of the barns, stop and look at some sheep shearing, you know, just hang out, shop a little. I still had a couple things on my list that I wanted to pick up. I wanted to get some fiber, and I also had to get some treats for my little girls because when mommy goes on trips, she has to come home with prizes or she gets in a lot of trouble. But that was totally possible to get accomplished because we really did have the time to walk through sections of the festival that we did not have any time to see the, the previous day. Again, the weather was steaming hot. We did get out there at about, I'd say about 10 o'clock in the morning, but by noon or one, it was just smoking hot out there again. So we really didn't spend that much time at the festival, but we were able to get everything accomplished because there were so many fewer people. A couple of the girls spent a little bit more time in the fleece section. I had purchased the one, which was plenty. I stuck with my list. I got some prizes for my daughters and uh, will be the hero when they get home from school today and they get those treats. We decided that the next best thing to do because we had to transition back into that travel mode was to just go find a great little place to sit down and have a nice lunch in the air conditioning instead of eating all the festival food. So we found, yeah, and for whatever reason, I have absolutely no idea what the name of that place is. It's not coming to me right now. But it's basically like a fast food version of some P.F. Chang food. It was delightful, a nice light lunch, delicious food, great friends. I think we had 12 or 13 people at the table for lunch. But because of the fast food style, we got in and got out, had some time to relax, cool off before we headed back to the hotel to pack all of our junk and get ready to travel. We hung out in the hotel lobby again, which seemed to be our favorite part or favorite uh, hotspot for the weekend and just knit for a while before we had to head off to the airport and catch our flights. Flight times for Sunday night was were completely uneventful. Our flight boarded about 9.50 p.m. I got home just after 11 p.m. and had about an hour's drive ahead of me to get back home. Totally smooth. I wasn't even falling asleep on my drive. It was absolutely perfect. I debated a little bit whether or not to have another sleepover at Jackie's, but I knew that my daughters would be totally upset if I wasn't here when they woke up in the morning. So I decided to make the drive, but the fates were all in line and it was completely uneventful. The travel time was perfect. We didn't miss much of the day on Sunday and we got home in one piece 
and ended the festival perfectly, I think. Well, now I guess it's time to wrap things up. I feel like I completely won Maryland Sheep and Wool. The festival was fantastic. The weather didn't exactly cooperate the way that we had hoped it would, but I conquered everything on my little list of stuff that I wanted to buy, and I met some of the most fantastic people I've ever met in my life. In my opinion, that was the high point of Maryland Sheep and Wool for me. Spending time with some great folks that I wouldn't have had the opportunity to meet otherwise. I really felt, you know, as it goes in our community, completely welcome among strangers because we all had that one thing in common. We're knitters, we're spinners, we're yarnies, and we love everything that those little sheepies have to offer for us. Despite the weather, I don't think I would have changed a single thing about my weekend. It was a blast. I had a fantastic experience that I will remember for a lifetime, and I really think that I made some lifelong friends. Maryland Sheep and Wool, again, a complete win. On the administrative side, of course, Check out the show notes page for links to all the stuff I talked about today, including the American Visionary Arts Museum website, a handful of photos from our adventures, and all the details. And if I ever figure out what song I'm going to tack on the end, the details for that will be there too. Catch me on Ravelry as a Joyful Girl. Don't forget that you can follow me on Twitter as a Joyful Girl Maid. And the show notes can always be found at spincontrolpodcast.com. Thanks again. Talk to you soon.
she spins around just like